What's going on, everybody? I want to welcome you to the Blue Rush Preview. It's your New York Giants podcast from the New York Post. I'm Brandon London. This episode, we have a quick episode for you guys as we have the short week. The Giants are playing the Minnesota Vikings. Big game going in on the day before Christmas, Christmas Eve. So this is going to be our Christmas Eve edition of this podcast. I have two-time Super Bowl champ, Lawrence Tynes, former Giants kicker, Paul Schwartz, Giants beat writer. We're in the building today. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Paul, I mean, kind of take us in the locker room, man. Like, what, what should the fans be thinking right now? Because if you've seen on social media, people are ready to jump off the ledge knowing how big of a game this is and the type of team that they're facing. So take us in the locker room. What What's the vibe been like? Seems like a very confident group. You know, that win in um, Landover against the Commanders, I think, was was really like, you know, it's like, okay, now we, we figured out we can do this again. You know, it wasn't great. It wasn't elegant. We can do this. You know, th- there's not a lot of playoff talk. You know, people don't believe that. You know, a, a bunch of us were around Saquon Barkley today. And what do you think of the playoffs? The scenario. And he said, well, I don't tell me the scenarios. You know, he said, I'm not really sure. Tell me the scenarios. So, well, you have to win. And then two out of the three teams have to lose. And we're going through it and through it. And Saquon just looks up and says, well, the first thing you said, right, we have to win. He said, that's what I'm focused on. That's what we're focused on. We have to win. It's not like you can lose and this can happen. You know, the only way they can clinch a playoff berth this week is if they win and a couple of other things happen. And, um, you know, I think the I, I really believe that Brian Dable has instilled that in this team. I've seen other teams that go sideways sometimes. They seem to really be, this is the next game. This is what we have to do. And they know, like Julian Love told me today, we know what comes after this if we win we get it but we don't have to worry about that until we get there so i think they're very focused on this game look it's it's a hell of a team they're playing they have to be focused times i mean what, what would be going through your head you know for a game like this you're the underdog you know just keep playing they're they're a confident bunch right now i mean obviously they don't want to get too far in front of themselves but they're playing good football the d-line is really clicking we talked about that being a key last week is something that we haven't seen i mean i don't know the snap count but those four guys have not played a lot of football together. But holy cow, when they do, that is a different football team. And it helps some of those secondary guys, right? Adoree's still out. Xavier's still out. We can talk about injuries in a second. But I just think they're a completely different team when those four guys line up and play and play the whole game. It just it looks different. It feels different. There's more pressure. Uh, there's more excitement. It was a great vibe on Sunday. You know, the offense held things together. But certainly a confident group. I think you're getting a confident Giants team going up to Minneapolis, you know, to play on Saturday. And guys, you know what? I mean, in the locker room, Lawrence, that was that's a great point because this was the first time all season where I felt, you know, you, you knew when you were on your great Giants teams, you know, you weren't always great at this or great at that, but that defensive line, I could feel it in the locker room, the guys talking about it. You know, when Wink Martindale was talking about it, you know, that the two edge guys are 22 and we're great and great push. Um, Kayvon Thibodeau, you know, he won defensive NFC defensive player of the week award. The last Giants rookie to do that, the Devon Kennard, 2014. Oh, wow. Okay. It doesn't happen very often. And 
Thibodeau, who was really good in the locker room on Wednesday, not full of himself, thoughtful. And we were asking him about the defensive line. He said, it's kind of like the dream team. You know, I just thought that's a pretty good quote. Kind of like the dream team. You know, he doesn't remember the Jordan, you know, or, you know, Ewing and Barkley, that the original dream team. And he said, you know, we, we were talking to him about Dexter and things like that. And he said, shh. Be quiet, be quiet. You know, I, I don't want, you know, all this recognition for me. He says, I don't want them chipping me and doing that. Let them, you know, let them big Dexter and deal with that. Let me just be quiet and go about my business. But it was the first time I kind of felt this team feels they have a they have a weapon now. You know, it's the only weapon they really have. You know, they have Saquon as a weapon, you know, which comes and goes. But they feel this defensive line, which has not been together, they feel that's a weapon. And Lawrence, you guys definitely felt that, right? That, you know, we have a hammer. You know, we can put this hammer down, and um, I think this team feels like they have a hammer now up there. Yeah, and when you're judging the defensive line, I feel like it's one thing for them to be able to sack the quarterback, get first and foremost, get pressure on the quarterback, stop the run. And then there's another tier in terms of how strong your defensive line is, is when they can actually get there, get home, and sack the quarterback. Then you step it up a notch when you're talking about really being the strength of a team and being a strength in terms of – overall in the league is when you can score points on defense and your defensive line is setting up points for your offense in some sort of way. So you think of a game like that, that Kayvon had with the entire defensive line had just to give them all the, you know, the praise, the props, but you think about that. They score points. The Giants don't win that game if they don't score those points or at least put them in the position on that side of the field for them to be that close to the end zone, for them to go in and score and get points out of that. So when you talk about like a game like this, that's why, I don't know, some people, some of Minnesota Viking fans are like, no, we're not taking this as a trap game because they think they're automatically supposed to win this game. They're saying, but they're still not going to take this as a trap game and take it lightly because when the Giants are playing like that and the strength, which is their defense, is playing a great game, then that keeps them in the game. And it's like, it's a nail biter in that sense. Anything can happen. The Giants can win in the anything can happen type football times, in, in my opinion. Yeah, they absolutely can. And this, that Minnesota Vikings defense is not very good. So you would expect the offense to get going a little bit. They've got some good veteran players over there, but but nobody that you're probably going to have to game plan around. Maybe Daniel, is it Daniel Hunter? Daniel? The Daniel Hunter? Great pass rusher. They've got Patrick Peterson, Harrison Smith. They've got some good pieces, but nothing that scares you. And I think, you know, they can go in there and run the football, keep doing what they've been doing, don't turn the ball over, and let that defense work. I mean, the comeback last week, I watched the film. What a horrendous effort by the Colts in the second half. I've never seen anything so poor in my life. Uh, I almost said, I tweeted, I think that's worse than the way the, the Patriots lost. I really do. Being up 33 to nothing, I remember when we played, Brandon, I, I felt like a 14-point cushion was typically good enough to win in, in the second. In today's game, man, it seems like it, you better keep scoring because teams are never out of it. We've seen it in the last – couple of weeks of the season but the Giants have a have a confidence about them that I kind of noticed you obviously when you win big games you gain confidence and they should feel really good about going into Minneapolis that team is going to be gassed right they played an you know a, a really long game 80 90 plays a piece uh but just the emotional toll and I think you could sneak up on the Vikings I really do you know I really think they could, you know, the I think two of their three losses are to NFC East teams. So yeah, how about Kirk Cousins throwing for 417 yards and four touchdowns after halftime? It's insane. Almost looked like the Colts were being coached by a guy 
who never had coached before, huh? Uh, <laughs> God. 20, 23 first downs in the second half. That's wild. Alone. 23. I think the Giants had tw- uh, less than that in the Washington game. They had that in the second half. I just don't know how that happens in today's game, but it did, and man, was that ugly. But when you think about it and you think about that beast when it comes to that machine of an offense, you know, that's just moving. The, that's playing. That's seven on seven. That's just pitch and catch right there. And you understand you're going into a Minnesota, the Giants. This is going to be their biggest game to eliminate the big play, eliminate the like the show. Because you've been, Paul, you've been uh times have you been in that stadium before? I have not. No, I played in the old place, the old Metro. Paul, Paul, you've been there you, and you're going to the game, right? You know how loud it can get in there when then that skull keeps going, and, and that's just it. That environment can breed big plays. So I think fundamentally, yeah, you're going to have to have a defensive line that's going to have a heck of a game. But fundamentally, the tackling, like little things, converting on third and shorts, that's the only chance the Giants are going to have. If you see them clicking in in that sense, in the sense where Justin Jefferson can have a nine catches but 80-something yards – that's that means guys are tackling they're eliminating that big play because if he you know what he can do in that sense you know i i got a sense that, that this team is excited you know julian love told me we're going into a loud place it's christmas eve you know after yeah and he seemed excited by that you know what i mean um uh, wink martindale said he told the team you know he gave his presentation to his defense and he said um justin jefferson is one of the two best receivers in the league Okay, not a, so he said he's one of the two best receivers in the league, and he's not number two. <laughs> you know, Wink, yeah, pretty good. Wink also said Wink is 59, okay, and Kevin O'Connell is 37, I believe, the first-year head coach who also was their play caller. So he said, you know, this is really not fair. You got me. I think what he called me, so I'm an old blue-collar guy, and I'm going up against Harry Styles. Yeah, I saw that. You know, Wink is, uh, you know, and it's funny, Wink said that at the end of his, like, kind of press comments with us. And I'm thinking to myself, Wink, you know, you got this great line you're sitting on. You got to say it earlier, you know, to make sure. But he doesn't care. He just waits for it. He'll say it whenever he wants to say it. He's got a line. He's going to say it. Um, you want to know why? You you can get Wink quotes when you get that dub. You know, remember, they, we, we hadn't heard a Wink quote since uh, before the Lions game, you know, like even the coaches, you know. When you're losing, you can't have fun within the media and be that type of guy, you know. So, I mean, that's that's what a W does. That's in and uh, especially going into a game like this, creating that environment. Even your coach has his confidence back, his swag back. Injury report: Are they getting any guys? Oh, and one last thing before we move on to that, they also made a culture move. That right there was a culture move. What was it? A hashtag for? Uh, was it free me? Free me. Uh, free me. Jay Crowder. Look, look what happened. And you can look at it like, okay, the player is free. He may be able to get picked up, clear, cleared off waivers for another team. Like you hope the football player in me hopes that's what happens for him. But at the same time, if you're in that locker room and you just saw that move being made, it's just one of those things where that's my boy. If it's my boy, you know, outside of football, but it's like for what we're trying to build here, for what we're trying to get going and get and accomplish then that was a culture move that I believe Brian Dable and that and Joe Shane and them made in that sense. Well, they they had to, Landon Collins was out of, you know, they, they, they he, he's been up and down already, you know, so they either have to activate him to the roster and keep him there or, you know, they can't do that because there's only three moves you can make. So, you know, I, I think, look, 
Tate Crowder was Mr. Irrelevant. He, you know, he did some good things. He, I think, led the team in missed tackles. So that inside linebacker position is in a constant state of flux. But this is more of a mystery with Landon Collins to me. You know, these guys, you know, you know, fans ask me, what happened to Rodarius Williams? He looked so good in, in Dallas. And then, you know, Landon played in week seven and eight. And then we don't see him again for five weeks. You know, these guys are, you know, I'm not saying everything they do is right, but they are, you know, really ruthless as far as you can help me this week, you're up. You can't help me this week, you're not up. You know what I mean? And, you know, we'll try McFadden. Okay, now we're souring on him a little bit. Jalen Smith, yes. You know, Landon Collins, I think, is going to play in the base defense as an inside linebacker, not this hybrid stuff. And, you know, you wonder where has it been, you know? But look, that's what these guys, they 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 streamline for each week. It's really interesting. For the most part, it's worked. Look, you'd rather have your guys, right? And you just, but you know, they they don't have them, and they're figuring it out. And you know, you're trying to patchwork things like that. Um, they better get pressure. And 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 Kirk Cousins has been sacked forty times this year. Okay, I think he was sacked seven times last week. Daniel Jones has been stacked sacked forty one times. So, the best way to stop Justin Jefferson, there is no way to stop Justin Jefferson. The best way to stop him make Kirk Cousins move around because they can put, as, as as Wink Martindale said, he could be double and triple teamed and still make the catch. Yeah. And, you know, Daniel wasn't sacked any on Sunday night, I believe for the first time in his career. Um, and Kirk Cousins will throw the ball up too. I mean, I, I know he, it looks like statistically he's taking care of the ball, but he will put the ball in harm's way, especially with pressure. And, and he's a very, very good quarterback. I, you know, I think some people have this, you know, description of him as kind of being, I mean, he's good. He, he's obviously has stealing. People forget about that guy who was a pro bowler, multiple-time pro bowler, and then this Osborne kid is fast and physical. Man, physical, fast. Yeah, he – and then we haven't talked about Dalvin Cook, who's one of the top five backs in the game who does it all, receiving, running. You know, they'll be challenged again. They're going to obviously have to try and stop the run. They'll never stop it. I just don't think it's in their DNA. Like you said, Brandon, it is what it is. And just hopefully make some plays in the passing game and not give up a lot of chunk plays to Jefferson because – you, you know, he's going to do what he does. He's on pace to to break Calvin Johnson's record. So he's uh, his first three years. Um, I think he has more receptions. Uh, what was it? It, it was, um, um, it, you know, Odell, as great as Odell was in his fir- first three years, Jefferson has more receptions, more yards. Uh, I mean, you know, he he's his trajectory is crazy. I talked to Cordell Flott a little bit today. In 2019, he was a freshman when Jefferson was a junior his last year and Jefferson you know that was with Joe Burrow they won the national championship he had 111 catches in college you know 18 touchdowns in college I mean insane and you know Flott said you know even back then he said he could do everything and um, he said he's anxious to go against him which um, might just be a rookie talking you know you know that's what I like about Flott though I know he if he came in earlier this year and you know football and you watch him he looked a little hesitant He's playing different football right now. So whatever they're doing, this coaching staff, we've seen it. Even McFadden, I think, is playing much, much better. He's being more instinctive. But Flott, I've noticed, and obviously Pinnock, but as a young player, Flott has really – he sticks out to me. I mean, he sticks his nose in there. He's not the biggest guy. Yeah, he's small guy, slight of frame. But I, I could see his coverage. He's kind of yapping a little bit. I mean, I said LSU in him. But I was just looking at some numbers, guys. Uh, Justin Jefferson, this is his, he hasn't even finished his third season. 4,639 yards receiving. That's a lot of 24 touchdowns. Uh, we still have four games left this year. He's going to probably top 5,000 yards in three seasons. That's nuts. Got to, got to make the tackle. That's that. That's just as 
And it's easier to say it done. I can say it right here on the podcast or, you know, a preview show. Since, it's, But it's that dude, man. Remember, he was only a three-star coming out of high school. when, And that's just one of those things where he wasn't uh, uh, starred correctly. But before we go into uh, really going deeper into the offense, because uh, I want to talk to you guys about Daniel Jones, um, the reason why he wasn't sacked last game because he didn't throw up attempt to pass over 15 yards. Let's talk about that. But Paul, people help a guy's healthy injury report, a guy's coming back. Who's out? What are you thinking right now? What have you heard so far? The same as, as last week. Um, um, Adore Jackson will not play. I mean, he hasn't officially been ruled out yet. He's just not ready to play yet. Unfortunately, um, you know, Bredesen played 40 snaps. Um, he played the whole second half. Saquon ran well. Um, you know, I would, Expect him to start. You know, I don't know if they'll keep, you know, a, a Nick Gates, Bredesen rotation. Um, um, you know, I don't know why Bredesen wouldn't start. I think he will. Um, you know, other than that, you know, McKinney's not ready to come back at all. Obviously not yet. You know, we'll see about him. I, you know, I'm not, wouldn't be shocked if he doesn't play again this year, but um, you know, maybe, you know, I mean, we'll see, you know, the hand is, the hand's got to heal. You know, you can't, you know, you got broken bones in there. They took out the pins. It's not like you can like do exercises for the hand. Now he does some mobility things, but that's just time. And, you know, time is, is, is counting down here. Um, so they, they're in pretty good shape. You know, they, they did not have injuries out of last week. So this is like the first week, um, you know, um, Kayvon with an elbow, he's going to be fine. Uh, Leonard Williams should be fine coming out of that game, you know, and he's, he makes a big difference. You know, he he really does. I think, uh, who was it? Was it um, Kayvon or was it uh, Wink said something about that, um, you know, when when you have that push inside, you know, you know, the, uh, the Wink said with Leonard there, you know, Dexter has two hands on him. When Leonard's not there, Dexter has four hands on him. You know, um, it's a big difference. You know, you know, Dexter one-on-one, I like his chances. Two-on-one, you know, that's tough. Um you know, like you said, that's a living, breathing force. And we'll see, uh, um, you know, Kayvon is is really he really handled this success. We'll see. He, he just said some really smart things. He said it definitely gives me a few stripes, you know, getting this award and things like that. And he said um, it only matters what I do from here. Um, he, he's he's he kind of yapped a little bit earlier. He was very impressive. You know, it's very interesting to see a young guy, what he does after he has the success, does he crow about it? He seemed more motivated to do it again, really. And um, we'll see. It's fascinating to watch him, right? A 22-year-old kid, fascinating to watch and see what does he do for Nancor? I think that's that Strahan effect. If you just – he could be the next Michael Strahan in the digital world. He could be the digital Michael Strahan in that sense. Football, the game has completely changed. Sports entertainment has completely changed since when Strahan had to come up. So if Strahan was able to play well in this market and build with that personality – and build the empire that he's built in the VHS world. Imagine what he's going to be able to do in the instant world. Paul? I covered Michael Strahan very early in his career, and I thank God that there was no social media, okay? Because between the videos and – look – Strahan was a trip, you know, you know, I, I knew him before, but all you guys knew him when he was younger and he was not a great player yet. He was an ascending player. He was a hard dude to deal with. I'm telling you, you know, you didn't know if it was happy Michael or angry Michael when you approached that locker room, you know, he had that little lisp, right? You know, the little lisp, sometimes he'd look up out of his locker and I'd kind of be walking nearby and he'd go, Thwarts, Thwarts, don't you come near that locker. 
don't you come near my locker, you know, and say, okay, it's it's angry Michael today, you know, it's angry Michael. But that's uh, funny. Well, I was texting him today to see if he'd come on the show, and he was down in the Bahamas, and I said we'll catch him next time because I said like I'm not gonna interrupt your time, you know, in the Bahamas, which for him is a quick private flight from New York, right? It's not like he's hopping on JetBlue. But I'll tell you what, he's done pretty well in the VHS world, as you call it, uh, whatever that number is per year on the Today Show and TV. But Kayvon Thibodeau is going to obviously create a brand. He he instantly kind of became, right, and Daniel Jones, I'm glad people got to see him play somewhat decent on national TV. But everyone left that game thinking about the Giants, Kayvon Thibodeau. They learned his name. I know they heard his name, but seeing the Giants on national TV – uh, win a big game and a guy play that well, you almost got to say that Kayvon Thibodeau has kind of become the the face of the franchise, if you will. Hey, guys, did you see? I think um, um, Daniel Jones and Saquon got together and, um, you know, for Christmas gifts and they got everybody um, a, like a, 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 I forget the company, a, a Brandon, you might know, like a designer suit or a jacket, you know, you know, shoes, everything, you know, like a like gift certificates to go get a a, a specially made suit and everything like that. Um, but it's interesting with the, the quarterback and the running back, you know, the two first round picks, because look, those guys are first round picks. They're making good money, but n- neither of those guys have got the, you know, neither of them have a contract for next year. So, you know, I think their gifts sound very nice, but, you know, it's unusual when the quarterback and the running back. Yeah, that's team just being together. Cheap. Right, just being cheap. So, oh, wow. so you know what that means. If I'm Daniel Jones, I'm getting you all those gifts because of the game that I'm about to go and have against Kirk Cousins. Ooh, that's okay. my next year. I'll get you next year with this money because of this game. What I do this game is that's the money that's gonna I, that's gonna get you your own gifts because we talked about last game. What I'm looking up his numbers right now against the Commanders: twenty-one to thirty-two, hundred and sixty yards, no touchdowns, no ints, a safe game. They called a safe game for him. No passes uh, attempted past 15 yards. That's against a D-line where that has four first. That's not working this week, though. Oh, absolutely not. You know, you're you know, you're I mean, you know. going to have to hit the big play. So this is going to have to be big play Daniel Jones. How do you get – times? how would you get him going early and all? You got to run. You got to run the football a little bit. Get them on their toes. You know, our old friend, friend of the show, Dalvin Tomlinson's on that D-line. Uh, really good player, has been a durable player, good player. Seems like every D-tackle we draft signs with the Vikings. It's weird uh, that we just lose them. Linville Joseph, oh, there's someone else in between there. Um, I don't know. Anyway, but uh, you got to run the football. You got to get that run game going. Not And don't wait till the fourth quarter, you know, late in the game, third, fourth quarter like we did against Washington. Establish it early and let Daniel work a little bit because I still think these receivers can get open. I think the tight end has to become more involved. Bellinger, you know, is still coming back. Maybe his ribs were still sore last week. But you got to get the run game going. That'll open up everything. Um, it could be a shootout. I mean, it really could turn into a shootout type of game. I don't know if we're capable of putting up 30 points, but I sure would like to see it on Christmas you, Eve. You know, Saquon, you know, he's had obviously monster runs and plays. You know, we've seen them. But I thought, and I asked him about this, those three straight runs – Right in the fourth quarter last week at FedEx Field, what do you have like 14, 12, and 15 or you know, bang, bang, bang. That was like the best sequence I've seen. You know, it, you know, look, an 80 yard run is great, but the way they just like literally, okay, we just got you know, we just stopped them, we have to you know, establish something. They were pushed back and he just like took them to midfield. I asked him about that and he he liked it too. He said, 
You, as they would say, he said, you get in your bag. You know, he had like this devil. He said, you get in your bag. That means you get in your zone. You start feeling good. He said, obviously, ripping off the first one, you get the second one, third one. And he said, I just want to figure out how I can get four, five, six. And he said, that's what I've got to get to down the stretch. So um, I think he's physically feeling good. I really do. Um, you know, maybe that lit something with, with Bredesen in there. You know, maybe they saw something. This he makes is not- a difference. He absolutely makes Bredesen. Gates is not a guard. God bless him. He's a great story. He's a center at best, you know, maybe an athletic type of Kelsey. We talked about this at, on the postgame show with the Talking Giants guys. Bredersen is, is he's a guard, and he moves people, and he played well, and there's no coincidence that all those runs were basically over that side. And that goes to show how important it is for them to get that offensive line correct, that lineup, that rotation correct, because when you talk about that's how you get that fourth, fifth, sixth run in a row for Saquon, if you have some sort of stability in that offensive line. And again, it's not like they're they're going to be line movers. They're not going – we're not asking for that off, offensive line to be that. We have uh, on the edge, we have pr- two pretty good guys on the edge. Just that interior pressure, one, not allowing them to get in the face of a Daniel Jones, two, not getting pushed back. So Saquon can't get that hole, hit that hole uh, early. Uh, last but not least, uh, just – the final final thoughts guys final thoughts going into this game you gotta you have to deliver the speech to the team one 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 thirty seconds go ahead say what you got to say Let's get it off your chest giants have not had a lot of success against vikings teams i don't care what year it is what team it is they just haven't i don't know that i ever beat them in my career to be honest uh, i can't think of a game where we beat them They're playing with a lot of confidence, going there and obviously play well. I think the Giants can win this game. Uh, I really do. I think they they possess kind of the offense and the defense to kind of disrupt them enough. I am going to pick the Giants just because I think they're playing. They're on a hot streak. I think the Vikings kind of spent a lot of energy and mental effort last week coming back and – they might be overlooking the Giants a little bit, I think. Um, so I don't have a score. I just think the Giants will somehow find a way to win. You know, the, the Vikings don't have, you know, they're not going to catch the Eagles, right? They've clinched the division. So, right, this is not, look, every game's important. It's the next game. We get a lot, but there's not a lot out there for the Vikings, right? Look, if I was talking to the Giants team, the first thing I'm thinking of is, look, this is not a must win. Last week was a must win. We can go beat the Colts next week and still make the playoffs. But I sense that that would probably be not the right thing to say to my team. Gentlemen, it doesn't matter if we win this week. Obviously, that's not true. They want to start building something here. Look, I can't get it out of my head. They scored 13 points last week. You know, they scored 13 points, right? I mean, you know, they did not turn the ball over and they scored 13 points. It's not, and, and, and the first game against the commanders, the, the time of possession was completely lopsided, right? Like 41, 29 or something like that. This was even. So they, they controlled the ball enough. They were two for 10 on third down. So, you know, like, you know, Lawrence, you keep saying, you know, I, you, you think the receivers can get open and things like that. I mean, I think they can get open, but marginally, you know what I mean? Now, what do we say? They need chunk plays. So last week, their one touchdown drive on offense is 18 plays, 97 yards, just, you know, eight and a half minutes. That is not sustainable. It was sustainable last week for one drive. So until they show me they can pow, 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 they can come out and score, you know, it's not enough. It's not enough. So, you know, the Vikings, I think, can score 28 in their sleep. You know what I mean? That's just the kind of team they are. You know, they did they score a lot of points and at home they will score a lot of points and it's going to be festive. You're going to have a lot of Santa clauses in the stands. Uh, you know, that skull chant they do, you know, they have the Viking ship. It's a, it's a loud building. Um, 
I think the Superdome is probably louder as far, you know, when I think of domes, that is a, I think this is, this is definitely louder than Detroit. It's louder than Texas, uh, the Texans, um, you know, louder than Seattle indoors versus outdoors. I don't know about that, but it is a loud building. It can be an intimidating building. I don't think it's a letdown game for the Giants, certainly, but, you know, I'm not feeling it. There are other battles that they can win and still get in the playoffs. And because of that atmosphere that you just mentioned or you just described, Paul, I'd tell my team it just goes down. The only way you can combat that atmosphere is through tackling and catching. Tackling and catching. If you talk about the chunk play, eliminate the chunk, create the chunk. If you tackle well and you don't eliminate run after uh, contact or run after catch, then you eliminate that crowd in the sense of that big play. If you, if on our end, they catch that ball, whether it be a third and something as simple as a third and three to the flats to Richie James, that ball gets completed that quiets a crowd because now you don't have to punt. That's this, and that's it, and and I get how powerful that offense is for the Vikings. But at the end of the day, if you can just rally, make tackles, that eliminates a lot of that. It's going to happen, but you want to come out on the right side more than the wrong side when it comes to that. All right, uh, Jake, let's go to you, my man. What an episode, fellas! BL, what's your pick? You didn't give us your pick. Oh man. I went for the Packers that game. I'm going to go Giants, man. I'll go Giants. Let's go 28-25, man. Comes down to Graham Gano field goal. You don't have to worry about the elements. You're indoor. I'm going to take the Vikings 27-20. I just think those defensive uh, Giants injuries are just too much to overcome. Remember, the Vikings are playing for home field. It's a big game for them trying to fight out for home field. And if they could have home field uh, in that stadium, I mean, the chances are slim, but remember the Eagles will be without Jalen Hurts maybe for the remainder of the season. So maybe there is a shot that they could get that top seed and maybe a buy if they get lucky here. Closing out the show, I'll be Tony Reality. Two things that I actually loved about the show is Paul talking about in his bag, making an in his bag reference. Oh, yeah. Very good. And also you said top two and not two is actually a Drake line. I think Justin Jefferson said he's not top two. He's number one. That's actually a line that he was kind of referring to Drake a little bit. That's uh, that became popular. I'm not sure Wink Wink Martindale's referring to Drake. I don't know. Maybe he is. Maybe you know. Maybe hey, he you is. never know. He knew about he Harry Styles. Yeah, played Harry Styles today too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, look when you're around 25 year olds, I guess you um, you know, me with my kids, they they make me younger. So yeah, Paul, I noticed on social media today that the Denver Broncos gave all of the media like a kit, a coffee kit. That seems very nice. Did the did the Giants do anything for you guys? Like a gift, um, a holiday gift? Uh, no, the Giants have not given us holiday mm. gifts. No, they have not. You know what? In the past years, before I was on the beat, listen to this, guys. Before I was on the beat, this was like in the 70s, I guess, or eight, you know, or 80s. They used to give the beat writers TVs. Wow. Like, 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 like TV. I mean, I could first we need of all, to bring that accept, back. I first of all, I couldn't accept that. No. And the Knicks. Jake, you know, you're you're a big Nick guy. The Knicks are so horrible with the media then. When I was covering the Knicks when they were great with Ewing and Jackson and all those all those cats, you know, they used to ask you in advance, you have a wife, you have kids, you know, they you'd write down sizes and they would give you like all this in you know, in in, in blazing Nick sweatsuits and and you know, you know, you have one for your little kid and your little daughter and your wife and you know, and I'm like, this is great, but I can't walk around with a you know, a Nick, beautiful Nick sweatsuit, which my name stitched in here. I mean, I'm covering the team for God's sake. Right. You know I mean? Go to the grocery store. Do it. You can wear it to the funny. grocery store. I not can't wear it to the grocery store. And I'm not a member of the team, but it was very nice of them. That's when the 
Knicks were love the media as opposed to now where yeah. they despise the media. It's a little ball walking in a Rite Aid in a jumpsuit in a Knicks jumpsuit with his name on it. I'd sign me up. I'd be the guy in the corner. That's Paul Schwartz. Let me get a picture. Yeah, well, um, that's when I that's when I get in my bag. Yeah. Get in my bag. That's Add that be a to the soundboard. Sound he is a dog and he's in his bag. He is a dog. Get in my bag. The clothing you were talking about that uh, Jones and Barkley gifted was from the Gentleman's Playbook That's is it. what oh, the, uh, okay. the clothing was. Follow them was, on Instagram. So. Been yeah, to the so. Gentleman's Club, but never to the Gentleman's Playbook. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make sure your wife doesn't know about that one, Lawrence, from back in the day. She's yeah, an I'm avid right. listener. She'll probably hear it. Yeah, she'll be asking about that. Well, we'll throw to you, Lawrence, to close it up in Scottish fashion next on Blue Rush. I'm the blue collar guy going against Harry Styles. And that says cheerio to episode 133 of Blue Rush, our Giants podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Jake Brown and Andrew Harris for producing the show. Lawrence, you missed the New York Post holiday party Tuesday. I woke up Wednesday uh, after many vodka sodas and the Mets signed Carlos Correa to a 12-year deal. It is warm in the hot stove with the Mets, but it'll be negative, what, 20 degrees in Kansas City Saturday? You better be bundled up. I hope your wife got you many, many clothing. Oh, uh, you'll be counting your fingers and your toes after those couple of days. A wee bit of frostbite. Alrighty, subscribe to Blue Rush on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your bloody pods. Subscribe to the New York Post Sports YouTube page to watch full episodes of this show. For Brandon London, Paul Schwartz, I'm the Scotsman, Lawrence Tynes. We return to your eardrums on Saturday on Christmas Eve following that Giants-Vikings game. Thanks for listening to Blue Rush and happy holidays, folks. Schwartz? Schwartz? That's when I get in my bag.